When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blitz off the edge, Cousins throws, and it's taken away by Addison for the touchdown. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. You can never say the Vikings are boring. Never. They're never boring. <laughs> they're always they're always interesting. There's always something to watch, and there's always something to talk about. No less so, or no more so, I guess I should say, than right now where they're at without Kirk Cousins for the rest of the year. Trading for Josh Dobbs, Justin Jefferson, soon to be back. Chris Mack in for Ed Egros today, alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. We are live coast to coast, and if we're going to talk Vikes, we got to bring in our guy, Charch, Paul Charchian of KFAN in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and... That's where I start, Charge, is the quarterback situation. Sounds like Jaron Hall's going to get the opportunity to start this week. Josh Dobbs, they get him for peanuts. But if you want a guy who's a dependable backup, who is serviceable, as we saw, especially the first few weeks in Arizona this year, smart guy, um, will we'll handle the pressure that's on him. It seems to be Dobbs' job going forward. And then you're talking about getting Justin Jefferson back soon. So, um it, uh, Addison, Jefferson, soon to be Dobbs. This is a team that's that's gunning for a wild card spot. Yeah, they're still playing for wins in Minnesota for sure. And you mentioned Jaron Hall's going to get the start, and nobody knows who he is. But if at any point you've wondered to yourself, I wonder who is throwing the ball to Puka Nakua at BYU. Well, the answer is this guy. It, it was uh, the Super Soaker, Jaron Hall. Now, his game is he's a velvety touch passer. He's known for his accuracy. He does not have real arm, you know, massive arm strength and talent that way. Super mobile. Um, the rushing will help a, a little bit, continue some drives that way. Um, but after that, I, I think they're going to go to Dobbs, who was playing functional ball for the Cardinals. They don't, and, you know, everything else around the Cardinals was terrible. Um, and the fact that he was playing like NFL average quarterback, given what was around him, suggests that he can – at some point, be you know a real contributor for a Vikings offense that's way in far, far better shape. I think you're still going to have a ton of TJ Hawkinson in particular. Lots of quarterbacks, okay. you know, you'll they'll, they'll go back, they're in trouble in the pocket or whatever, and just dump off to their tight end. He's right there in front of me. You know, big target, short, middle of the field, right there. And Josh Jobs coming off a game where he had targeted last week, Trey McBride is tight end 14 times in the game. So I, I like, I still am very optimistic about TJ Hawkinson in particular going forward. Oh, the super soak. That, what what a great call there. That that's good. It, it brings me back to my <laughs> childhood. It felt like e- that, Joe. Well, everybody else in my neighborhood had the cool super soaker, and I'm like, when I, once yeah. I finally got one, I had this little dinky one. Yes, it, it was oh, terrible. So it's a bad look for me. Yeah, <laughs> you were getting pelted. You were getting pelted at range, and you're back there with the yeah. pea shooter. You're dribbling. Yeah, right. You're the super I, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm sorry, uh, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's all right. That's all right. No, I mean, I'd imagine that the Vikings kind of flipped things. 
because you have that Chiefs game, they're one in four. And yeah. now what? And then you have the Cousins, you have the Jefferson injury, then you have the Cousins injury, and I'm sure the expectation is, well, looks like it's going to be a great quarterback draft. I know there are a lot of teams gunning for quarterbacks, but yep. the Vikings are going to go into tank mode. But what happens? The schedule lightened up. You get that Bears win, even though, uh, what, you got into, did not get into the red zone? Maybe it was one red zone appearance in that game? Uh, it's just amazing how things worked out. It was a great spot, that Monday night game against San Francisco. Jordan Love mm-hmm. stinks, and then they're in go-for-it mode as right now they're sitting in that uh, seventh playoff spot, which can you be 500? Can you be 9-8? and eight? And then you end up getting that spot. I think that's interesting. You mentioned Hawkinson. He's still going to be involved in the in the offense. Yeah. The, the people out there playing fantasy that picked up Addison, boy, what a move for them over the last three weeks, may, arguably winning some games for them. Do you, how much of a drop off is it for Addison with yeah. Paul slash Dobbs? This is a this is a far trickier situation. Addison's calling card is big downfield plays. You heard one of them when we were coming back from break. Among players with at least one deep catch, Addison has the league's longest a dot average distance of throw on those deep passes. Jaron Hall, as I mentioned, middling middling arm strength. Dobbs just an okay downfield passer. So and I think for Addison, this is going to be a lot trickier. Plus, the looming return of Justin Jefferson is going to move him back to being really the third receiving target. So if there's mm-hmm. one big loser out of this, all of all of this, it's probably Jordan Addison. Can't stop thinking about the Super Soaker taking me back to my childhood <laughs> summer days. Even I had one of those. Do you have? Do you have a good one? Did it. you have one with the, yeah. the strap on your shoulder? The three thousand with yeah. the reservoir backpack. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The reservoir backpack. That's so hardcore. Oh Bringing your own ammo with you. Yes. I'm imagining exactly. a young hawk. Got to get yeah, all these boys in the neighborhood. Spray in the neighborhood. Let's turn our attention to uh, Mac Jones. Uh, This is going to be an interesting matchup because I've covered the Commanders for years, and they seem to get up for games when everybody (laughs) – I know. It's awful. I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. Uh, When when everyone's against them, they they seem to get up for games, and so that's what has me thinking twice about this game. (laughs) Three-and-a-half-point underdogs at New England. They trade away Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Their defense was struggling already. What are you expecting here between these two teams? Well, I'm going to take the play I'm going to go with is Mac Jones. And never love to put money on a guy who's been benched twice in the last month, but that's, I think, where we're at here. And I, I love the opportunity so much for him. So you mentioned no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. That removes 10 quarterback pressures per game from the commanders. And here's a complete list of quarterbacks who have failed to score multiple touchdowns against the commanders and or top 218 yards. And and let me mention, by the way, I'm advocating for over 217 yards for Mac Jones and over the one and a half passing touchdowns, which is sitting at a plus 180, plus 180. So here we go. Complete list of quarterbacks who have failed to go over the 217 and the one and a half touchdowns. Josh Dobbs week one when he was on the team for two weeks. Um, That's it. Everybody else since week one has gone over. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Charge, Mac Jones sucks. Well, yes, he does. But so does the Washington secondary. They've given up gigantic games to a bunch of other sucky quarterbacks. The Sense bench Desmond Ritter, Tyrod Taylor. And this is just in the last couple of weeks. 
So if those guys are flying over the overs, I'm very interested in Mac Jones here. This team can't, Patriots can't run the ball. They lost Kendrick Bourne, which is a loss too, but still, I, I like Mac Jones. The numbers are so low here. I think we can go over. Paul Charchian, KFAN in Minnesota, and guillotineleagues.com as well for some different fantasy action. If you want to get in on it, go check it out, guillotineleagues.com. We were just talking about the Packers a couple minutes ago, Charch, and it, it, is it LaFleur? Is it Love? Is it both? It, 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 we're, instead of progression, which we should be seeing at this point in the year from Jordan Love and the Packers offense, we're seeing regression. And uh, to the extent that they're they're facing Brett... They're at home against Brett Rippon, most likely, in the Rams. And we're all sitting right. here talking about the Rams and the points. Yeah, it's it's come to this, right? So if, if you had, in the preseason, if you had charted out, like, the worst possible scenario for Jordan Love, it's really played itself out. The horrible inaccuracy, the slow processing, um, you know, really, uh, and from a fantasy standpoint, nobody's starting Jordan Love, that's for sure. Uh, you know, they don't really have anywhere to go other than to continue to start him and hope that it gets figured out. But to this point, it really hasn't. Christian Watson's been a, a tremendous disappointment. You remember last year, he was the long bomb guy catching all those long passes from Aaron Rodgers. He was really helping a lot of fantasy teams and betters. But get this. Here he is. He's your vertical deep threat. Jordan Love ranks 32nd in deep ball accuracy. Just 25% of his deep passes are connecting, and he's hit a league-worst four picks on those deep throws. So Christian Watson, totally neutralized by the ineffectiveness of his own quarterback. Romeo Dobbs is scoring touchdowns, but he's doing it on like three receptions for 20 yards per game. That's it. So he's basically dead to us, too. If, If Christian Watson is dead to us, Romeo Dobbs is dying on the table right now. And then the running backs, it's it's the autopsy's already over. So the way they've managed Aaron Jones has been so disheartening. You know, he comes, he's had this hamstring injury, but they keep trotting him out. They give him enough carries where the hamstring never gets healthy, but not enough carries to post any kind of meaningful numbers. And A.J. Dillon's just bad. You know, he's 3.1 yards per carry and the league's sixth worst rushing over expectation at negative rushing yards, negative half a yard per play. Disaster scenario all around for every pack. Charge, this is not a fun exercise, but let's talk about the Carolina Panthers offense. What do we do here? Coming out of the yeah. bye, there there was a little bit of hype for the play caller change. OC Thomas Brown, there, there was some hope that, okay, maybe he can do something. Well, they did win. They did cover, but they scored yeah. 15 points against the Houston Texans. <laughs> if you can't score on the Colts and the Bears in back-to-back weeks, I don't know what you do. What are we doing with the Panthers? What are you thinking? Well, let's start here. Adam Thielen's great. I mean, you know, I think for all of us that just shovel dirt on his career, what a great year Adam Thielen's been having. And he's been the stable set of hands for a rookie quarterback. Bryce Young, I thought, it just played his, by marginal, he played his best game of the year, looked a little bit better. The running game, what a disaster for Carolina. You know, they gave a lot of money to Miles Sanders for three yards per carry and 33 yards per game. That's it. You know, all of Sanders, you know, when you go, you look at Pat Sanders' past success, it looks now like that was a phenomenal Eagles offensive line that was setting him up for success because it's a bad offensive line. And then they bring in Chuba Hubbard, who supplanted Sanders, and Hubbard's looked equally bad. He's 3.9 yards per carry. Offensive line's terrible. They rank 31st in run block win rate. They got Indy this week. So this is your, and this is the schedule for the Panthers, as bad as it's been. They get Indy this week. 
That's literally the last positive matchup on the entire remaining schedule for the rest of the year for the Panthers running game. They have the fifth toughest remaining mm-hmm. schedule against the run. It's a brutal scenario for all the Panthers players, but all except Adam Thielen, who continues to be awesome. <laughs> oh, I get to ask you about a Cowboys player. How fun. Tony Pollard has been among <laughs> you love one the of Cowboys. the most I don't. Uh, He's been very disappointing this season, especially in fantasy. So what do we do with him this week? So, yeah, super disappointing. Let's just play that out for a minute. Uh, Drafted early second round of fantasy drafts, fifth running back off the board. And he has scored the 20th most fantasy points among running backs, despite missing no games. He has not scored. Tony Pollard, your workhorse runner for the Dallas Cowboys offense, has not scored since week one. He's pro football focuses 43rd ranked running back. But what's really Mm. killed Pollard is the lack of those trademark big plays, the highlight plays when you're interrupting the game to show Tony Pollard housing some 40-yard, 50-yard, 60-yard runs. That's not happening. He has just four runs of over 15 yards this year. He ranks 28th in breakaway percentage, and now he's got Philly. That's not good. And I think we've got a prop opportunity here. The line is 50 and a half rushing yards. Only two backs have topped that against Philadelphia, and they barely went over 50. It was 53 and 58 yards. That's it. Philly ranks number two in ESPN's run stuff win rate. They rank number four in run defense by pro football focus. Pollard hasn't been getting it done. He hasn't been touching this line. I think this is a fairly safe under, which I would give consideration to, 50 and a half. Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com and KFAN in Minnesota with us on BetQL Daily. Let's look at Thursday night football, Paul, because yeah. these are two underwhelming offenses. But Will Levis coming off a fantastic debut, but now he's on the road. Heinz Field, uh, where right. no rookie quarterback has ever gone and won in prime time. TJ Watt with his brother in the building. Uh, Cam Hayward back for the Steelers. This should be an opportunity for the Titans to kind of lean in on Derrick Henry. And I think to a greater extent, yep. Ty J Spears as a change yeah. of pace here, his rushing total, just 19 and a half yards. What do you like on the Tennessee offense? Where do you think they go? And is there anything on the Steelers offense that's worth looking at other than we've had an eye on maybe Deontay Johnson as we imagine Kenny Pickett will probably lean in on him a little bit more as well. Yeah, so I'm kind of down on Levis. Look, I love the four touchdowns and all, but if you look at the totality of his passes, and by the way, I do not recommend that you go break down Titans-Falcons tape. That is not a fun (laughs) use of your day. So don't do it. Just take my word for it when I say accuracy is a real problem for this kid. And even even the touchdowns, the the first two DeAndre Hopkins touchdowns, Hopkins had to do massive adjustments just to get to the ball. Um, his fourth touchdown to Nick Westbrook-Akina was fantastic. I'm not taking that away from him. But in totality, it was a very mixed bag, not nearly as highlight-worthy as the four touchdowns would suggest. And plus, how is Will Levis going to improve when you take off the throwback Oilers uniforms? You you only go down from there. You can only get worse wearing the standard jersey. You're right. I think Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears are the plays here. They're going to lean into those guys heavily. In fact, Henry got 26 touches last week. In Will Levis's debut, that was a win. They're going to stick to this formula. They want to anyway. Chirped a ton of men in the box, and it's all the Henry stuff they always know, but it doesn't always matter. Over the last month, Henry, who started very slowly, by the way, averaging 108 total yards per game, five and a half yards per carry. And here's the Steelers defense giving up the fourth most rushing yards, 115 per game, and almost a full rushing touchdown per game. 
There's a lot of opportunity for Henry, but I love the Tajay Spears angle that you alluded to, Chris. His prop, you mentioned 19 and a half. I found it at 18 and a half this morning, yard, rushing yards. He's averaging six yards mm-hmm. per carry. I just need him to get right. the ball three times. That's it. So, and he's averaging, he's getting eight touches a game. At eight touches a game, six yards per carry, man, over 18 and a half feels awfully good for Tajay Spears. Great stuff, Charge, as always. We appreciate it. Coming up next on BetQL Daily, we uh, we tell you to GTFO or maybe oh yeah, and college football top of the hour here on the BetQL Network.